Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. This is George Newbern, the voice of Superman. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming at DCAUReview.com and on your favorite podcast app. Batman needs a team that can operate on the sly. You will be that team. I will deploy you on missions. Real missions? Yes, but covert. You'll do it on me terms. What are we waiting for? This team is not a social club. Young Justice. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 169 of the DCAU Review. I am one of your hosts, Cal, and with me, my good friend, good brother, and the gentleman that runs our Twitter account. That is right. It's Liam. Liam, it is episode 169 of the DCAU Review. Nice. <laughs> That's yeah. right. We are, uh, we are tackling one more saturday here in the month of july and uh, as we often do when there is a fifth saturday in a month rather than do another regular dcau review we instead look to the multiverse and uh, an else world tale and in this case we've arrived back in the early days the first season of young justice that is right and uh liam we actually covered young justice uh a while ago probably a little over a year ago maybe uh, in one of our Elseworlds months uh, and uh, had a fun time with it. We we sort of alluded to it last week when we announced that we were going to be uh, covering that this week. And uh, the episode we are covering, as you mentioned, is Schooled uh, and is uh, still in the first season. Our previous review we covered technically, which is the first two episodes of uh, of the series, which was originally presented, I think, as a single episode movie experience mm-hmm. or something like that so this technically is the third episode that we've covered but depends if you want to count the first episode as two episodes or a single episode so uh we'll let you at home decide whether or not this is the third or second episode that we're covering respectively but uh we have lots to talk about we know that this is a a, a pretty popular show uh in the dc uh, animated uh well, it's not the DC animated universe. It's in DC animation, I guess. And the extended DC animated multiverse. I like that. I think we can. Anyone done DCAM yet? Yeah, I, I like that. The D, D cam, D cam, D cam. Yeah. Rolls right off the tongue. Okay. Uh, so, yes, in the DC animated multiverse here, it's a uh, quite a, uh, a popular show. I think it has uh, quite the cult following, if you will, and certainly has a lot of passionate people that uh, appreciated it. It was sort of kind of cut down in its prime also, in that uh, I know that a lot of people were left unsatisfied and the fact that it 
uh, it was sort of prematurely canceled uh, off and not really given a, a proper send off on Cartoon Network. However, I believe there's been longstanding rumors that uh, through the HBO Max app, uh, they're going to be continuing a, uh, an additional season uh, after the additional season that they had just released, uh, I guess, not too long ago on the DC streaming app. Yeah, that's right. I believe it is in production currently. Now, what in production means in the process of animation could it could be six months from now. It could be two years from now. You know, it's there's obviously a lot that goes into that. So not quite sure uh, when or where we will uh, we will see or hear uh, from this uh, this team of of youngsters uh, yet again anytime soon. But yes, in the meantime. The, uh, the first three seasons are available on HBO Max. Not a not a commercial, but again, we're 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 open. We're we would we're shame open. we would shill the heck out of this with no shame uh, should the right uh, right amount of money come our way. So if you're, anybody's listening at uh, HBO Max, it's a wonderful streaming service. <laughs> it sure is. That's right. Um, yeah, so definitely check out uh, in the archives. You can check out our review of the uh, of the previous episodes if you're interested. But just a, a brief uh, episode synopsis that we'll have here. Speaking of sponsors, Liam, an unsponsored segment uh, featuring our official Internet Movie Database summary for this week's episode, uh, which originally aired uh, back on the Cartoon Network, at least I assume it was, back on February the 4th, 2011, meaning... Believe it or not, we just passed the 10-year anniversary of this episode debuting, Liam. That's right. And so this synopsis is for the episode Schooled, which is written by Nicole Dubuck, uh, directed by Michael Chang, with music by the Dynamic Music Partners, and animation by MOI Animation. And that synopsis reads as such. Young Justice is assigned transport duty to deliver parts of an android that has duplicated the powers of several Justice Leaguers, and the creator of the android wants him back. Well, there you go. Um, it's, a, it's a fair one. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, that's uh, it's long and short of it. I mean, it's that's that's the action of the episode. the The emotional through line of our episode is uh, is a uh, Superboy uh, feeling. Uh, alone and isolated and angry and uh and superman being a deadbeat dad <laughs> yeah uh if once we uh we covered the that original episode by the way episode 130 if you're looking for it in the archives uh go back and check that one out if you are interested but uh we we learned in that episode and you know we have our, our players in on the team of young justice who uh are you know at this point are made up of Robin, uh, we have Kid Flash, we have Aqualad, uh, we have Miss Martian, and we have uh, Superboy. Uh, Speedy was originally a part of the team, but has uh, since uh, he quit at the beginning of the uh, the first episode. And uh, other potential members that come later on have not yet joined. But so at this point, this is our crew of, uh, of Young Justice. And uh, if we recall, Superboy was sort of an experiment that we found out, uh, you know, was sort of... Uh, an underground experiment that we that at the end of the initial episode spoiler alert they realized you know was this clone of superman 
and mm-hmm. uh, and he sort of has this interaction uh, as Superman sees him for the very first time in that episode where Superman looks at him and he sort of tries to make this connection with him kind of using only you know his eyes like looking at him and superman very quickly turns away and i think maybe even flies flies away so it it sort of continues that thread for this episode where uh the opening scene we see uh, just outside of uh wayne towers there's a bridge in uh we, which we assume is in gotham and uh there's an accident a little a- thing at the beginning actually says metropolis oh okay all right i missed that then you're 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 probably this- right this could be one of those one of the versions where like they're next door to each other though so either way the bridge bridge could be connecting the two cities it actually makes a little more sense why superman would be there then then it's like why is he in gotham city you're right it's in metropolis (laughs) um so uh, this accident occurs bruce wayne is uh, in this wayne tower where it is whether it's in the other side of the bridge is gotham or whether it's in metropolis he's overlooking this accident occurring and uh, he he's about to uh, to break into uh, into action and put on his Batman suit when he happens to notice that Superman has arrived on the scene. But shortly thereafter, uh, as a bus sort of almost uh, in a uh, typical superhero cliche, a bus full of children is hanging over the side of the bridge. Uh, arriving on the scene shortly thereafter is uh, the Boy of Steel or Superboy himself. Uh, and as he lands, he uh, doesn't land with uh, quite the the soft touch that uh, that Superman did and he sort of shakes the bridge a little bit and the bus starts to uh, fall off the edge of the bridge and he's sort of pulling on it with all of his might. And I think part of the storyline, I don't know if it's established in the episodes in between this, but he's not quite up to snuff, it seems, when it comes to his powers uh, equaling Superman's. He's a little bit weaker, doesn't seem to be able to completely fly all the way. So it, it may have something to do with the fact that he also you know can't just, uh, he can't land softly because his powers are still developing. Uh, but uh, as he sort of is struggling to pull this bus over back over the edge of the the bridge superman uh interrupts happens to lift the lift the bus way over his head and uh let's just say that uh superboy is uh, none too pleased i had that i didn't want to take the chance as it is your landing could have destabilized the entire bridge it didn't but it could have we don't yet know the limits of your powers well maybe you could you know help me figure that out Batman's got that covered. Yeah, I know, but... Superman. Wait, Arrow, slow down. What's attacking? No, I'm definitely available. Coordinates. Acknowledged. On my way. Sorry, Superboy. Duty calls. Already got the alert, Bruce. I know, Clark. But we need to talk. Yeah, it's a, it's, an it's a pretty fun first scene, and we'll certainly have a lot to talk about in visuals in this episode in a little bit here. But yeah, this uh, the scene is Superboy's trying to uh, to lift the bus, and and Superman sort of comes up and and pushes it off, pushes it back onto the bridge, and they have a little bit of a disagreement about you know whether or not Superboy could have handled that, and and uh, you know Superman mentions that we we don't really know what the scope of your powers are. You need to be more careful, and and Superboy uh asks him to uh you know to to help him to help him learn how to control his powers and uh and superman uh, brushes him off tells him tells him that's what uh you know black canary and and the rest in batman and the rest of this uh 
you know, the, the adults in charge of the young justice team are for, and, and then he gets a, a call from green arrow and, and sort of gets called away. And of course, Bruce Wayne in Wayne tower has been watching all of this and, and, uh, and lets Superman know that they need to have a talk a little bit later. And uh, from there, we, we cut to uh, the justice mountain, the young justice head headquarters where they're preparing to train with, uh, with black canary. And uh, there's actually an, I think a nice little bit of like salt in the wound where Martian Manhunter happens to be there uh, with black canary um, and uh, is just, is, you know, being very affectionate and nice and kind to his, niece in uh, in miss martian and you can tell that's just making uh, making the day even worse for superboy hi superboy how is metropolis <clears throat> ready for training everyone black canary uncle sean mcgann i was in the neighborhood so i thought i'd see how you were adjusting a few bumps but i'm learning that's all i can ask stick around Class is in session. Yeah, uh, Superboy continues to uh, recognize and sulk. <laughs> and it's at this moment that, of course, wouldn't you know it, uh, Black Canary, uh, after sort of retelling this, uh, this uh, it, recognizing that the, the team uh, looks to be a little bit down, they, she decides that now is the time to start training. And uh, Kid Flash is all but, uh, all but too eager to step up to the plate because, uh, well... He's uh, he's uh, he's a little horn dog. I guess that's the only way to, to properly describe it. He's, uh, he's a little too excited, a little too eager to to get uh, his potentially get his hands on on Black Canary, who quickly uh, disperses of him with him and makes him look a bit like a fool uh, in their training session. And uh, Superboy is uh, is is pretty uh, skeptical at this point. His anger clearly still ringing. Uh, not happy about how things went in Metropolis and uh, feels it's going to be all too easy and to take, uh, to take care of, of black Canary. And she quickly realized, or she quickly shows him and he quickly realizes that uh, it's not as easy as he thought it would be. And she kind of makes him look foolish, which uh, on multiple occasions, which uh, causes the other leaguers, including Robin to laugh at him, uh, which just seems to make him even more angry uh, and uh, at this point, Superboy has uh, escalated to the point where he's uh, he's about to do something he might regret. And wouldn't you know it, Batman interrupts to let them know that uh, the Justice League recently had a uh, an interesting interaction with a an android that seemed to be able to replicate their powers. Hmm, this uh, sounds a little familiar here. Mm -hmm. uh, just just by interacting with them, he was able to uh, to replicate their powers and continue to get stronger. And uh, they actually had to physically separate the parts of the android in, in order to defeat it. Uh, there is speculation that it could be one Dr. Ivo who is behind the creation of said robot, a, uh, a apparently a well-known enough uh, scientist amongst not only the leaguers, but the Young Justice as well. Even though they believe that he is uh, no longer living, they, uh, they continue to uh, speculate that he might indeed be behind it. So the Justice League hatches this plan in order to uh, properly, uh, hopefully, uh, observe and and uh sort of do some some digging into the the android himself 
some observation and uh, they're gonna they're gonna take the the parts of the Android to two various star labs, one in Boston and one in New York, which is interesting because we then get a map and it sh shows that Gotham City is placed directly between Boston and New York. So in this universe, at least, uh, New York exists and Gotham doesn't supplant New York City for <laughs> uh, for that city. So it lies somewhere in between there. But uh, they're gonna take these trucks in opposite directions and. Uh, he decides that he's going to task uh, the young justice with escorting each of the uh, star labs trucks to their respective cities. Yeah, we get a, a pretty fun sequence, which again, we'll definitely talk more about in, in visuals where the, uh, the two teams are escorting their, uh, their, their respective trucks. And uh, wouldn't you know it uh, tale is all time, as we like to say on the show, a bunch of green robot monkeys show up to uh, attack the trucks i believe you mean um mobile optimal neural quotient infiltrators yes yes correct which i do that might be my favorite line in the whole episode later <laughs> is is when when uh when dr ivo talks about how hard he had to work to come up with a with a <laughs> uh, an acronym that worked for that would that would spell out monkey uh, <laughs> oh hello you? You're Ivo? I'm whelmed. You're one to talk. Now since when does the big blue boy scout have a brat? He doesn't. Yeah, if you say so. Have you met my mobile optimal neural quotient infiltrators? <laughs> uh, and after all the trouble I went through finding an acronym for monkey. That's uh, yes, that's that's quite a bit of fun there. We have we have robot monkeys that are uh, both attacking the truck, and then as uh, as our our young heroes try to intervene, also attack them. There's a uh, some really fun sequences there that we'll definitely talk about more in visuals, but the end result is uh, as as we have seen throughout the episode, Superboy doesn't feel like he needs any help, doesn't feel like he needs anything other than his brute force. And so he uh, not only uh, jumps off of his motorcycle to go attack these monkeys and try to stop it himself, he also uh, in inadvertently wrecks Robin's motorcycle as well. So he's just, they're really hammering home just how kind of out of control and angry he is. And uh, unfortunately, Superboy is unable to stop them for uh, the, the monkeys from getting the parts, but uh, he does give chase towards them and kind of leaves Robin in the dust. And and meanwhile, uh, Miss Martian and and Kid Flash and Aqualad also uh, are unable to stop the monkeys from from taking their parts. So uh, they uh, they decide to go have they have Kid Flash meet up with Robin as uh, as they go towards uh, as we sort of begin to arrive at our final battle. Superboy chases the monkeys to this uh, this moving train. Uh, heading towards Gotham City, as you mentioned, and and uh, and as he arrives there, we actually get our first look at, uh, at Doctor Ivo, and he's able to repair Amazo, and uh, and then the the fight is on, and it's very quickly established that quite obviously uh, a robot with all of the powers of the Justice League is a little bit more formidable than uh, than Superboy, especially on his own. 
Yeah, uh, there's it's a pretty brutal scene that takes place there in the tra- moving train. And uh, it's interesting because this uh, this version of Amazo, he verbally has to call upon the uh, the different powers of the heroes that he's taken. So it's uh, access. He proceeds uh, with access and then fill in the name superheroes. So we get a lot of uh, dialogue from him, but it's all just accessing various powers as he uh, uses Captain Adams, Powers, Superman's, we get some Red Tornado, Black Canary, Martian Manhunter, The Flash, uh, really all of the, uh, the superheroes that you could think of that would be uh, that whose powers he could have possibly interacted with in the short time that he did. So uh, very quickly from there, uh, as they're on this moving train, uh, Superboy is overwhelmed and uh, punched basically uh, using Superman's powers. Amazo launches him far off the train, and Dr. Ivo decides uh, at this point uh, it's time for Amazo to finish him off. So, Superman actually, or Superboy rather, actually lands inside of uh, Robin's high school, and uh, Robin and Kid Flash, who had broken away from there. Uh, truck and had kind of deduced based on uh, Robin hacks into uh, one of the the monkeys they defeated to determine uh, just where the uh, the parts were headed. So he's tracking uh, Amazo at that point. He's able to use the GPS to determine uh, where Amazo's pinpoint uh, location is, and he they pinpoint him sort of as they're headed towards Gotham and see that he's landed in Robin's school. So the fight continues as Amazo continues to pound uh, Superboy into uh, into submission almost. And then uh, the the ultimate uh, climax of the episode uh, is going to occur in the gym as uh, Amazo and uh, Dr. Ivo happens to be there and uh, and waiting for Superboy with a few of his monkeys. And uh, they sit there and sort of observe. And he determines at that point that he wants Amazo to finish him off and commands him to do so. Uh, and despite all of his anger and all of his might, uh, Superboy is, again, no match for Amazo. Robin and Kid Flash arrive shortly thereafter, and uh, they themselves uh, attempt uh, their best to, to team up, and they're having almost no luck at all. And then uh, one f- blow that sends, Ro- that sends Superboy into the bleachers, uh, he, uh, he sort of has this callback to his interaction with, with the Black Canary and uh, decides that he's going to change his strategy instead of just trying to use his might to punch Amazo. He's going to start threatening Professor Ivo, which will then cause Amazo's attention to be diverted a little bit, which allows Robin and Kid Flash to also try and, and capture some of Amazo's attention. And at some point, he can't move fast enough Uh, changing between his powers and when he attempts to change powers back from Martian Manhunter to Superman uh, in order to attack Superboy. Superboy stops with his fist right where his head would be and sort of literally puts his hand through the middle of of Amazo's head. So uh, that is sort of the end of it for this episode for Amazo. Yeah, we, we get a little bit of wrap up there as uh, as yeah, Super Superboy learn, learns a lesson, which is obviously sort of illustrated in what Black Canary uh, tells him earlier in the episode. It's not just about your physical strength. It's about your technique. It's about being able to use your opponent's uh, weaknesses against them and, and things like that. And 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 uh, you kind of have a little bit of an epilogue there as, as they're discussing it and batman is sort of not not uh, chastising the team but is talking to them about how they should have 
how they should have called in backup at some point and that, 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 you know, teamwork is important and that it's, uh, it's, it's okay to call for help. That's the whole point of, of having a justice league uh, is uh, if something like that were to happen again, but. The Amazo Android is in pieces again, safely being analyzed at the two separate star labs, but Ivo escaped. And since he originated the tech, he's arguably more dangerous than the Android. Capturing the professor will be a league priority. But we understand your mission encountered other complications. Complications come with the job. Your ability to handle them has impressed the League. The whole League? Given time, yes. Kryptonians, as you know, have very hard heads. Of course, there's no shame in asking for help. That's why the League exists. Because there are some problems even we can't handle individually. Please. If we needed help, we'd never get the chance to ask. Look familiar? You were following us. Babysitting. You still don't trust us. We didn't follow you. And that's not your arrow. But that means Speedy. He has our backs. Uh, they make mention that they're they're sort of proud and impressed by uh, what the team was able to do, and 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 Batman lets lets Superboy know that uh, he thinks Superman will come around before too long, and uh, and Superboy lets uh, Black Canary know that he, that he is ready, in fact, to uh, to learn a little bit more and to to start training more regularly with her, and that's kind of where we end the episode. Yeah, I think there's two things that we missed. One, well, two things that we failed to mention. One, in that final battle scene in the gym, there is a uh, mysterious arrow that gets launched in the middle of the battle. Uh, it sort of comes out of nowhere. It actually misses everybody, almost hits Robin, and they're sort of puzzled by it. But then it comes up later on in that discussion as, uh, as the Young Justice is sort of confronted by the Justice League about asking for help and uh, they're, the young justice is pretty miffed. They think that the, uh, the justice leakers were sort of just standing by watching over their shoulder and, uh, green arrow pulls out his arrow to compare it to that arrow to show Robin that, it, or kid flash that it was not, uh, in fact, his arrow. So there's some mystery as to who was, uh, the young justice members believe that it could be speedy watching over them, but, uh, I have a feeling it actually belongs to somebody else. So, uh, that's there's a little mystery around that and there's actually a, a scene where uh, you mentioned that Superman's role in this uh, episode and, and really in the series thus far is sort of the role of deadbeat dad and that he's sort of very reluctant to um, to interact to, to even recognize or acknowledge Superboy uh, sort of existing so uh, this conversation that Bruce allu alludes to at the beginning of the episode needing to have with Clark he eventually does they sit down in a diner and uh, he sort of has a come to Jesus talk with him where he says hey you know he's not going away he exists you know I think you need to really embrace him and he even says you know he needs his father apple pie the devil's food. Something tells me this isn't about dessert. The boy needs you. No, he needs you. He needs Red. I'm just a constant reminder of what he's not. Sorry, Clark, but you're dead wrong. Look, I know he troubles you, but he's here. You have to get over the how and why. Trust me on this. This boy needs his father. I'm not his father. I'll take that pie to go. And 
that was definitely the wrong thing to say to Clark because uh, he decides at that point that he's going to take his apple pie to go. <laughs> yes, that's uh, that's that is the the one scene we forgot to talk about. There is yes, it's we're sort of laying the groundwork that uh, while Superboy isn't necessarily finding the mentorship, the the companionship, the friendship from from who would seem to be the obvious mentor for him in Superman that he's, he's sort of finding it among his, his friends and the team as, as well as uh, other, other potential mentors like, like black Canary. So it, it does, uh, it does create that sort of interesting final scene, as you mentioned, where uh, Batman mentions that we're, we're all pretty impressed with you and Superboy says everybody. And, and Batman's like, well, well, maybe, maybe not him, but he'll, he'll come around some someday. And, uh, you sort of you sort of just continue to build those uh, have those building blocks for uh, for the for the rest of the series going forward here with both with with Superboy's sort of continued quest to gain that acceptance and uh, and also as you mentioned the sort of mystery archer who is uh, has been helping the team out. Yeah, so uh, lots lots of uh, stuff to unpack here and discuss, Liam. As I guess we can begin to. Uh, now that we've kind of done the whole plot run through, we can kind of talk about what our thoughts on it are. Um, I think as a as an episode, and again, I don't have a lot of uh, nostalgic feelings for this series. I didn't watch it when it came on originally. Uh, I think we talked about it when we reviewed it on episode 130, that, you know, this is sort of a whole new experience for me, and I'm coming into it with uh, sort of an open mind. Uh, there are things about it that I I am interested in i am interested in the fact that there are so many hardcore fans that love this series uh mm-hmm. which usually is it can be a good sign can also be you know it lead you to go uh, i'm not quite sure why people like this sometimes you know <laughs> um so it coming in with an open mind is important and i think thus far what i have seen of this this episode just by the plot itself i think there's a, a lot here that when you look at this as a as a quote-unquote children's cartoon or a children or, you know a cartoon that was geared to older children but it's still a children's cartoon i think there are a lot of the things that we like and appreciate in in the standard dcau elements that i can appreciate in this storylines that speak on multiple levels so you have this whole superboy feeling fatherless not feeling like an outsider feeling rejected feeling unloved superman literally being his his dna relative but wanting nothing to do with him for no fault of his own um, mm-hmm. it's that's that sort of is a is a classic storytelling technique of you know the the father who you know leaves his kids or has a, has an illegitimate son and, but doesn't want to recognize or pour into him once he finds out that it's actually his son that's it's an effective storytelling technique because you can really uh, mm-hmm. empathize with that character you know we all want to know our dads we all want to be loved by our dads you know we all want to we all want to find people to connect with and, you know, being, being a Kryptonian is, is one thing, but then being a clone of a Kryptonian is almost its own separate, you know, space to live in. So try dying to connect with somebody and to, to be able to, 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 uh, you know, just kind of have those connected points when you're already this very unique species anyway, is hard enough. So to empathize with that character of Superboy and really not understand uh, why Superman is so hesitant or jerkish, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> uh, 
um, it is definitely an interesting storytelling technique. Um, I think that there, the, the, this story specifically of, oh, the, the overconfident, cocky uh, superhero doesn't want to listen to the, you know, the, the superhero that doesn't have powers or the, the underpowered superhero in this, this case with Black Canary, uh, and then ultimately has to recognize his folly and sort of, you know, bend the knee and, and humble himself and recognize that, oh yeah, that's right. Maybe she was, was correct. That's not, that's not a unique thing either. Uh, but I think in this storytelling, the way that, uh, you know, Superboy kind of realizes that all the rage in the world doesn't help him. It's a, it goes along with the idea of this is young members of this young justice, and they have to kind of come to terms with the, the realization that uh, power and might isn't going to solve every single problem. So using your brain and, and figuring things out, uh, using your, your uh, cognitive uh, abilities is certainly a part of what you have to do also as a hero. I think that's interesting too. But with that, I also think that I find it, I, it, it's, I, I could not find one character to root for on this, on this episode. <laughs> yeah, so I will say, yeah, I think they're, they're definitely playing on, on both Superman's fear of taking on the responsibility of a child uh, or young adult in this case as well as, and, and Batman mentions this, that we don't really know where they got Superman's DNA at this point. So to a certain extent, I think, I think the idea is he sort of feels violated by Superboy's presence. Um, and so he really doesn't know. And again, that's not Superboy's fault, but, it, but so it's, it's this weird situation where he's both sort of afraid and a little bit maybe hurt or confused by just the presence of this kid in his life and is sort of choosing rather than facing it head on as, as he should, uh, he's, he's sort of choosing to skirt that responsibility either by putting it on to Batman and Black Canary or by sort of just burying himself in the, in the superhero work and, and looking for any reason he can think of to, uh, to break off the conversation as soon as possible. So, yeah. That being said, uh, to talk about what uh, what you mentioned about not having a lot of people to let, to uh, to root for, um, uh, yeah, everyone in this show, in this episode at least, is profoundly unlikable to me. Uh, <laughs> Superman, uh, for all the reasons we just mentioned, yes, there's a little bit of layers to why he is feeling that way, but generally, it's it's Superman, and I guess I have I'm maybe I'm showing my my old fashioned uh, uh, fanboy uh, cred here, but like that's to me it's it doesn't feel authentically Superman that he would just just throw this kid you know you know leave the basket on the doorstep of the of the monastery and say it's your problem now like it just doesn't feel like that's something Superman would do. But again, this show is more about the kids. So Superboy is kind of just an angry jerk throughout most of this episode. And again, they're trying to tell a story that this is him just having a bad reaction to not finding that sense of community, not finding that sense of, uh, of, of mentorship, and then thinking that perhaps only Superman can be the one because he has powers like him. He's the only person that, uh, that he can connect with, whereas... He has all of these friends around him. He has Black Canary, he has Red Tornado, uh, he has Batman. Like there are other people that he could connect with and learn from, but he's so single-minded and focused on 
on this non-relationship with, with Superman that he's just, he's just mean and a jerk to everyone, including Black Canary, including Robin, including the rest of his team, uh, especially Miss Martian, who's just being very nice and just wants to help him. And, and he just keeps blowing her off. He's not very likable. Uh, I don't, and this might be a little bit controversial because I know this is a thing, one of these like weird quirky things that people love about the show. Uh, but Robin on this show and his weird like wordplay things where he's like, <laughs> it's like, a, it's like he's trying to, it's like observational Jerry Seinfeld stuff where he's like, <laughs> why isn't anyone ever just whelmed? They're overwhelmed, they're underwhelmed, nobody's ever just whelmed. Or this one, it's a disaster. If this like is the opposite of like, Disaster the opposite of aster? See, instead of things going wrong, they go right. Uh, clearly you're not feeling the aster. What's wrong? Canary. I mean, what business does she have teaching combat skills to a guy with super strength? Taking down stronger guys is part of the gig. Canary learned that the hard way. Same with Batman and, well, me. Like he's like, whoa, what's 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 an aster? Disaster is the bad one. Is it if it goes well, is that just an aster? No, it's a different word, you dummy. Like, <laughs> I don't like this version of Robin. I don't enjoy him. I don't get it. That being said, I just like to always throw in this disclaimer. I am not attacking you if you like it, dear listener. You're allowed to like it. And I understand why this would be likable to some people because it is very quirky and weird. It's just like, I was just like, why, why is Robin doing Seinfeld bits in the middle of like a, a mission where they're fighting robot monkeys? Like that is silly and absurd enough. You don't have to throw in whatever that is with Robin. So I, the most of the main characters in this episode, I did not particularly think uh, came off as likable. So, and, and the other members of the team, Kid Flash, uh, Miss Martian and Aqualad are largely sidelined for the episode, other than you mentioned uh, Kid Flash being a horny creep at the start. Uh, so that's another one in the dislike category for this week. Uh, you know, Miss Martian and, and Aqualad don't get a ton to do. So um, the characters that they focused on this week, I did, I just found them mostly very unlikable. That's, uh, that's, I think that's fair. I think it's a fair assessment. I, I think that it's, yeah, there's there's not a lot to, to appreciate or enjoy. I think when uh, Robin ultimately, I think Robin, I I I totally love and I'm laughing at your complaint about it. I I wasn't offended by his, but it's totally absolutely 100% Seinfeld material. That's the perfect way to put that. So I love that. Um, but to me, he was the only character in this episode too that had any semblance of like. Hey, by the way, we have like brains and like as they're pursuing the monkeys, he's like, hey, Superboy, your bike can turn into like a flying drone and also still remain a motorcycle. Turn it into battle mode. And Superboy's like, no, it's like, oh, yep. OK. All right. Well, Superboy just doesn't have a brain. I get it. That's fine. Um, and then Robin's the only one who figures out that you can hack and puts two, to, two together and hack the monkeys and figure out where things are going. And it's yeah, it's 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 there's almost no likable characters, at least for this week's episode. I felt felt disappointed that we only get a little bit of comedy out of Miss Martian and, and Aqualad and 
you know, hopefully uh, if we review more of these episodes in the future, we get a little bit more of, uh, of both of those characters to, uh, to flesh out both of them. Cause I feel like they're a little bit, they were a little bit under underwhelming, it, not overwhelming or just whelming, just underwhelmed for this one. Liam. <laughs> uh, with that said though, I think the plot looking at the plot by itself and like the things that I pointed out before uh, speaking of the, you know, the, the father son dynamic, um, you know, him having to look to the other leaguers uh, to potentially fill in for that role, being disappointed, recognizing that there are other people that he can learn from sort of coming to terms with whatever Superman's reluctance is, uh, and sort of still continuing to step into that hero role. As well as the idea of, uh, I like Amazo. Amazo is a great foil for the Justice League. Um, A unique way to figure out how they were going to defeat him. I appreciated that. I think this version of Amazo was pretty fun. Uh, So all those reasons, I ended up settling on a 7 out of 10 for plot. Yeah, I I came to a a pretty similar score. I had a a 6 out of 10. Um, I like it, like I said, and I think big picture stuff, uh, of of Superboy is angry and out of control. Doesn't think he needs anybody. Doesn't think he he needs to learn any sort of technique or really anything besides his his brute strength. And he he learns he learns not only to work with Robin and Kid Flash in this episode, but also to to uh, outsmart his opponent. So uh, I do think there's yeah there's this it's a good simple story in that way of him him starting out at plot at, you know, at point A. And by the time we get to point B at the end, he has learned a lesson and he's a little bit of a different character than he was at the start. So I, I give them points for that, even if I found him pretty, pretty uh, unlikable <laughs> during the journey. For sure. All right, Liam, let's move on to our next category. That will be visuals and animation for this week's episode Uh, so of course we are dealing with a different style of animation certainly uh, more akin to the uh, extended dc direct-to-video movie universe a little bit more eastern animation influenced Uh, we definitely talked and broke that down in long detail back on uh, that original episode that we covered Uh, so go back and check that out if you're interested in hearing our big picture thoughts on that style of animation but uh, Liam, as we continue for this week, I think uh, for me, this uh, the visuals for this episode were the standout and were very impressive. I think there's a lot to love for this week's episode. How did you feel about visuals and animation? Yeah, I think there's a, there's a couple of really great action beats throughout this episode. Right at the start, as we mentioned, uh, the bridge is, is starting to collapse. Cars are crashing. The bus is hanging over the side. And you know, super, we get this shot of Superman sort of slowly flying in well actually we get a, a nice little nod uh, there's some fun little easter eggs in this episode and it, it starts with uh, as as the bridge is collapsing and, and things seem to be pretty dire we see bruce wayne in his office uh, open up a uh, a statue of uh, or a bust of william shakespeare to reveal a red switch which he presses and that opens up a, a secret compartment that has a bat suit in it uh, which is just a, a fun, lovely little nod to the uh, to, to the Adam West Batman series. But uh, then we get this great shot of, of Superman sort of flying in on the water. It's sort of this far out sort of wide shot of the bridge. And then Superman sort of flies in from behind the camera and we see him sort of zoom towards it. And that whole sequence as he's, as he's lifting the bridge from underneath and 
and using his heat vision. I'm, I'm always a big fan of seeing Superman problem solve. I, I think we talked about that a little bit in our, our regular Superman reviews this month, but uh, anything where not, he's not just punching a thing or lifting a thing, but he's, he's sort of lifting it a certain way and then, and then using his heat vision to kind of repair the steel girders and, and then uh, that that sort of getting complicated when when Superboy comes uh, comes sort of slamming down onto the bridge. There's a that's a really fun sequence, and I think they do a fun job with uh, with both of uh, both Superman and Superboy in that sequence. Yeah, that's a it's a great way to kick off the episode to action right away. Uh, you don't have to wait. You know, there's not not a lot of dialogue that happens. It's just careening bus. Superman arrives, you know, Bruce Wayne doesn't even say anything. He just flips the Shakespeare uh, bust open, uh, looks out the window, Superman arrives, you know, children are screaming, buses are careening, brakes are slamming. It's, it's great. Uh, there's, there's a lot to be said there. I think that that shot of Superman also kind of holding the bridge, as you said, uh, repairing the girder. Love that. It's straight out of a, a comic book panel in my, in my mind. It was a, uh, it was a, just a, a great shot there. Superboy landing uh, sort of in a, in a very heroic superhero land also thumping and Superman sort of being irritated about it. Uh, and then, as we mentioned, Superboy sort of struggling to lift the bus back up onto the uh, the bridge, and then Superman sort of just casually lifting it from the other side and up and over Superboy is a, was a great way to to wrap that little sequence up. But uh, right off the bat, uh, coming out of the gate hot with some great visuals. Um, I think the scene, the next scene that kind of stood out is back in uh, the Young Justice headquarters and. Uh, as we said, Black Canary sort of doing some training uh, and uh, there's these digital elements that sort of interact all around them, super futuristic looking holographic. Uh, they have a, an air hockey table, a holographic air hockey table. And then uh, each time that Black Canary sort of uh, upends uh, our young heroes, there's a uh, interaction with the floor that circles around them and says uh, failed on it. I thought that was pretty good. Uh but uh, that whole scene, uh, some good hand-to-hand combat, some Eastern animation influence too, with uh, sort of shots of Superboy running directly at the uh, at the screen, almost sort of coming right at you with his anger and fists, kind of giving you uh, that uh, perspective of him coming right at you. I, I, I love those type of shots, and those are certainly uh, very, very, very heavily influenced by that that Eastern animation style. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's that's definitely that's definitely a lot of a lot of that inf- influence in there, and I think even the character designs, especially when I think they're they're all like little leather leather motorcycle suits. It was great. They're, yeah, that, that's really cool and really unique. They have a few different unique costumes throughout the series, both their civilian gear and like they have different covert outfits that they wear throughout the series. I, I like that variation because again. They've sort of established that this team is is not a front public facing team. They are they are on covert missions. So and you're trying not to draw attention to the fact that this is the the parts from the robot that almost killed the Justice League. So you you <laughs> wouldn't you wouldn't want Robin and and Kid Flash and and other sort of publicly known superheroes uh, just out there floating or driving next to the to the car. So I like I like that. And yeah, they're they all have sort of individual uh, color schemes that sort of represent their uh, their their characters. Uh, I love that the sequence as as they're fighting the monkeys. Uh, one of the best parts I think is is Miss Martian kind of starts to get overwhelmed at one point by the overwhelm, 
see now i'm doing it uh, <laughs> uh but uh, she starts to get overwhelmed by the monkeys and and sort of in 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 her shape changing to fight them off she just grows like six or seven extra arms all over her body yeah to, to punch them and then she's she goes to a one is sort of landed on the windshield of uh, of the the truck and she goes to get rid of it and then the uh, the driver of the truck sees this this green girl floating with eight arms including one like shooting out of her head and he screams and then she screams back uh, it's it's a really fun sequence that whole that whole uh yeah that the the whole sequence where we're cutting back between robin and superboy going after the one truck and and the other three going after the other is uh, is quite a bit of fun yeah that that whole that whole sequence is, is fun i like how they split them up you even this is the most as you said that you get from from both uh, miss martian and and aqualad as well you kind of he uh his what do you call those like water telekinetic weapons that he has i don't know what those are called but uh it's sort he pulls it out of the bike's handles and it sort of turns into those whip things that he carries which are those lash things pretty cool um the monkeys themselves i think are are the sounds i could have done without because that's the most annoying part of the episode no (laughs) doubt but uh the fact that there are robotic flying monkeys uh attacking and attempting to uh to destroy the the young justice and and capture these parts of amazo i think uh, they're unique looking they're kind of terrifying when you when you think about it and uh sort of uh, I'm sure a direct homage to the flying monkeys of the Wizard of Oz. They come out of a cornfield, and uh, you know that's that's where most people get their uh, inexplicable fear of primates comes from. You hear that a lot. They were you know, the terrifying <laughs> flying monkeys from the uh, from the Wizard of Oz movie back in the day. So uh, certainly, I'm sure not not an accident there. Uh, and then, of course, I think Amazo himself uh, is uh, is certainly a uh, he worth noting. Uh, there's a Scene, the scene where we first see Amazo presented, uh, although we did get some some brief footage of him fighting the Justice League, but as uh, Superboy confronts Ivo in the train and catches up with him, uh, Ivo has assembled Amazo uh, at that point, and Amazo is just sort of standing in the shadows behind Ivo. You can see his red eyes glow, and then he walks out. Uh, out of the shadows and certainly resembles uh, if you're most familiar with his appearances in uh, standard comic continuity, uh, definitely more, more one-to-one with that, uh, the pink skin and the pointed ears and the, the black pupils and the sort of uh, reddish hair going over the top of the head and the green pants, much more akin to his, his original design than, than we're used to probably for the DCAU, Liam. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a, that's a, it's a pretty dramatic uh, uh, difference from the the DCAU counterpart, certainly, but uh, very much in line with sort of classic uh, classic Amazo from the comics, the the green pants and 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 sort of wrist guards and the the very the pointed ears and and the uh, the orange hair and everything. That's that's all pretty much straight off of a a comic page, sort of just translated, uh, you know, tweaked a little bit for this for this series but yeah it's uh that's that's a pretty fun final uh 
beat there, as you mentioned, it's almost, it's very dramatic and, and it feels, it feels very much, it feels like this is going to go really badly for Superboy. And as you said, they don't really shy away from showing just how much he's kind of getting, getting kicked around uh, until the other, the other members of the team are able to show up at the, at the school at the end. But even, yeah, even that final sequence, as you mentioned, is he's he sort of accessing the, uh, the individual powers. We see him use Captain Adam's power. We see him use a lot of super man a lot of uh, the flash we see him use black canaries scream at one point uh, as well as martian manhunter's phasing ability which of course as we mentioned is kind of his uh, his uh, untimely undoing there as he is trying to use basically use martian manhunter's power and superman's powers at the same time and that that sort of causes him to uh, retake solid form while uh, while superboy's fist is going through his head and and uh, that uh, that that kind of leaves us to the end of the episode, as we mentioned. But yeah, that that uh, that has uh, this episode has, I think, all around those three nice action beats. The like we said, the first one on the bridge, the the truck or car chase, motorcycle chase, whatever in the in the middle, and then that final sort of more traditional superhero supervillain fight uh, with uh, with the three members, Robin, Kid Flash, and and Superboy. Uh, fighting Amazo at the end. Uh, all around, I think there's some really cool and fun moments in this episode, and uh, I actually gave visuals and animation a nine out of ten. Nice. Uh, I gave it the exact same score. Wouldn't you know? Uh, <laughs> out of ten, I think. Uh, I think it's uh, it's pretty close to perfect as we both gave it uh, gave it that nine out of ten. It's really strong. Uh, those visualizations, I think, of those powers uh from amazo are, are are done really well i think some of the settings are, are really great too i think having uh, a scene as we said that classic bridge crumbling bridge scene that's just at this point in pretty much every superhero uh movie <laughs> or comic book uh, most likely uh, your hero your favorite hero is likely encountered one that uh that character uh developing trope uh at least once in his his superhero career um if anybody who's anybody has and then uh, but then also you know you have the chase scene you have multiple chases going on in opposite directions you know but uh, similarities between them because they're the same type of trucks and then you have uh the setting of of superboy fighting a mezo on the moving train and then ultimately sort of bringing it home to this hey it's the young justice let's have them fight uh, in a in a school gymnasium, why the heck not? Like, uh, seems very <laughs> fitting for the for the Young Justice team for that to take place. A very uh, very CW esque uh, locale for your for your teen superheroes to fight uh, to fight off the big bad. So, uh, yeah, I think I think there's a lot to enjoy as far as the animation style, a lot of the visuals, a lot of the the ways that this was storyboarded, and and some of the the uh, the animation. I, I think it's done really really well. So, not a surprise that we. Both both gave uh gave it a strong score absolutely let's move on to our next category liam which is going to be music for this week's episode and uh as we have talked about in the past sometimes hard uh, to to uh, rate music especially when we look at the way that it sort of was used in some of the dcau shows versus how it's generally used in a lot of animation uh, especially when you're comparing it to the original Batman animated series, where it was like a character in and of itself. Um, and then you, you kind of flash forward to nowadays and there's a little bit less emphasis sort of placed on the, the soundtrack uh, in, in a lot of ways. So uh, curious about your thoughts on music this week. Yeah. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with the soundtrack. Of course, as, as mentioned, it's the dynamic music partners who, 
you know, those, those three are, uh, you know, some of the best in the business, if, if not the best when it comes to uh, scoring, scoring anything, but especially these, these superhero cartoons. And um, yeah, I, I, I had trouble finding things to say about the music. Not, again, not that there was anything wrong with it, music in, in the, the opening scene with the, with the bridge collapsing, you got the sort of nice dramatic strings as, as the, you know, the bus is teetering and then sort of more heroic music as Superman arrives and, and then Superboy as well. And, you know, a little bit of that, that dramatic, more dramatic music as, as Superman's sort of uh, flying away. And, and, and then I, I don't believe there was much music as far as when they're in the, uh, they're in the cave or the, the mountain. Um, and, and so that there's kind of a big, big sections of the episode where they, they kind of, uh, let the music lay out and kind of let the dialogue carry it. But yeah, I, I like the music for the, for the action beat. I think, I think maybe the best music in the episode might come during that, uh, the, the motorcycle chase though. Yeah, that seemed to be that. And there's a little bit, I think, played in the Amazo on the train scene, uh, but a lot of it is just background synth. Um, you know, it's it's a little bit, uh, I don't want to say dumbed down, but it's just, it's not as prominent as it is in some of the DCAU shows. And uh, that's that was the choice of the the directors of the episode. And, you know, it's I don't think it's a commentary, as we said, the dynamic music partners are are the, uh, the, the triune, the trinity these days that you look to when especially when it comes to dc animated projects and scoring them and they have a they have a lot of of uh, phenomenal credits to their name so it's uh it's certainly not a reflection on them or their talent i think it's just perhaps what this show or specifically this episode of this show called for and that was a lot of verbal drama a lot of uh you know some of the action scenes uh relying more heavily on on the actual uh, fisticuffs and what's happening on the screen versus what's going on in the background not being uh quite as prominent so yeah i don't think it's a i don't think it's a slight there was nothing that was uh, painful there was nothing that was offensive uh, nothing that detracted from what was going on uh in front of you but a lot of it is just sort of layering synth on top of synth and just kind of uh an afterthought almost uh when it comes to what's actually happening on the screen i even watched the episode a second time uh just trying to listen to figure out if there was if there were parts that i missed that you know i could i could talk about as far as the music is concerned and other than you know the action beats and just some general drums and uh you know synth in the background there wasn't a whole lot that stood out you do get a little bit of the uh of the young justice theme as they as they kind of decide discover that the uh the monkeys are taking the parts uh, towards gotham city the young justice theme you kind of hear that as, as robin comes to the conclusion and uh, a little bit at the end as they team up to to finally defeat amazo but it's just sort of in the background a little bit it's not very prominent so um it be i think it's again we're not commenting on this being bad it's not bad it's just not uh it's it wasn't as used as 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 much as we're used to i would say or it certainly uh you know it's not as noticeable uh so for those reasons i think it's just okay and i i went with a five out of ten yeah and uh wouldn't you know it i went with the exact same score uh five out of ten uh, again, I think it's solid, doesn't do anything wrong. Uh, but uh, yeah, just it doesn't, uh, it, do, it, doesn't, it doesn't really feel like it's given the chance. And, and again, like we said, it's a very, it's a very plot driven. And as we'll talk about in a moment, voice actor driven episodes, perhaps 
you know, at being the professionals and veterans that they are, they just felt that they needed to sort of lay out a little bit more and let, let the story beats play, uh, speak for themselves. But yeah, as, as it stands, nothing wrong with it, but uh, nothing really to write home about either. All right, let's move on to our final category for this week, Liam, which is going to be voice acting. Now, uh, again, we have talked about the voice cast for this week before, but uh, it's a rather large one, and uh, we'll revisit some of these uh, some of these voice actors uh, for a quick review for those who have not checked out that original episode or aren't familiar. Uh, but uh, let's talk about who uh, our voice actors are this week with our voice acting. That's right. Uh, so I'll do our some of our guest stars first, and then work our way through our, our main team here. But yes, we have uh, Peter McNichol as, uh, as Ivo and Amazo and the monkeys, I should add. All, all, of those, <laughs> all of those being done by a very talented voice actor. But he's also done a lot of, uh, you know, regular live action work as well. He's been on, he was on Veep uh, as well as Ally McBeal, um, but also did voices on other DC cartoons. He was, he was uh, Kirk Langstrom on The Batman and uh, did uh, did uh, actually voices Kronos, the time thief, in a couple episodes of Justice League Unlimited that we have yet to cover. So uh, yeah, but prolific actor all the way around. Uh, yeah, he's 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 pretty solid there. It, it is a recognizable voice. He also does. Uh, I think he play, voices Mad Hatter in the Arkham games. Nice. So like it, it was a it was a very recognizable voice to me. Um, not that that's a bad thing necessarily. I think I think he's very good at playing that sort of weird, creepy doctor character that he's playing, and the mad scientist. Uh, and like I said, I, I had a, quite a bit of fun as he explained that he like painstakingly worked on figuring out a an acronym so that he could call these things monkeys. Yeah, he's funny. Uh, he has that diabolical uh, sort of edge to his voice. Certainly, he's a loose. He's got a few screws in his head loose for sure. Uh, so, mad scientist that's creating these different uh, these different creations is one thing, but a self aware mad scientist is is another level of of comedy. So, uh, it, in a, in an episode that seemed to almost take itself a little bit too seriously, with the exception of maybe some. Uh, quips from Kid Flash that leave you a little bit uncomfortable in this day and age. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think that uh, that it was much needed and appreciated, at least in this case and uh, in uh, in Ivo's performance. So w- well done for him. Agreed. Uh, we also have uh, Vanessa Marshall as Black Canary, uh, who folks might know. She's actually voiced Wonder Woman in, in quite a few projects, including the Red Sun movie, which we talked about last year. Uh, as well as Crisis on Two Earths and uh, a few other movies and and uh, animated series, uh, she also uh, did voices on shows like Spectacular Spider-Man and the various CGI Star Wars shows. So a uh, pretty pretty prolific voice actor, and I I think it's interesting, and I think it actually works to have Black Canary, whose character right her character is that she has a sonic scream but she herself is very soft-spoken. Like, I kind of liked that dichotomy there. It's not really something I had thought about before, but I, I appreciated that in her performance. Yeah, that's, I, I, I like that. I appreciate that. It's something I didn't kind of put two and two together, but yeah, an understated voice for a person. Yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah, her performance is fine. I think looking at it with that perspective is important because otherwise it just kind of would remind you of somebody who's disinterested or that is, uh, maybe just reading their lines uh, in a in a way, but you know, thinking of it that way, yeah, I I, I think if that's if that's the case, if that was intentional, I think that 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 makes a lot of sense then. That's right, and uh, yes, then we get into our our main players. We have 
Bruce Greenwood as Batman, who, as we've mentioned before, did uh, did voice the character in quite a few different movies and uh, and cartoons, doing the voice in the uh, all of the DC animated movie universe, the Tuckerverse films, as uh, as well as here on Young Justice and and. does a solid job as Batman again not much to do but he does get a little bit more to do than maybe we saw in the in the other episode of Young Justice we reviewed because uh, he gets to have those scenes with uh, Nolan North who is pulling double duty as both Superboy and Superman Um, so he both gets to have scenes that you know throughout the episode sort of trying to reason with Superman and get him to take a, a sort of a bigger interest in Superboy's life and then has a little bit at the end there with with Superboy as well as he's kind of trying to get him to you know keep his spirits up about sort of establishing this this friendship with Superman. Yeah, um, I I don't love I don't honestly love either of their performances as the Dark Knight or the Man of Steel. It's just not it's it's hard. We've talked about this before when you're when you're listening to people who are playing these characters and you're so used to a Kevin, Kevin Conroy and, and either Tim Daly or George Newbern. It's just, it's so hard to hear anybody else as those characters. And not that we're not willing to give people the, cho- the chance because certainly we've heard other people and accepted them and appreciated uh, people's different takes on the characters, but these just feel for whatever reason. And maybe some of it is the, the delivery or the maybe the direction and in, in how they delivered their lines, but it just feels like they're very disinterested characters, which also I feel like leads to their unlikability at times, as far as <laughs> characters are concerned. Uh, it's very layered for me as, as to why these characters seem so unlikable. Um, but yeah, I, I think the performance is fine. This is probably a little bit better than maybe some of the other performances. He has to show Batman on screen. What has to show a little bit of, 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 of uh, emotion in this is he sort of uh, you know, he's sort of giving Clark the business and teasing him um, and, and Clark's not, not having it, not interested. So there's a little bit of emotion there, but the rest of it, he's sort of just kind of, plainly reading or or you know recapping what's happened to the justice league or giving the uh the young justice sort of an attaboy at the end so um yeah it's it's not my favorite performance and and superman is not my favorite superman either <laughs> well yeah so as mentioned you have nolan north who is uh you know that's the main character in the uncharted video games he's like the video game voice actor if you have played a video game besides like Madden in the last 25 years, you've probably heard Nolan North's voice. He is uh, incredibly prolific, can do a lot of different voices, uh, voices the Penguin in the Arkham games, uh, voices some really kind of a creepy, really sinister character in The Last of Us. Like he's a tremendous actor. Um, that being said, I think they were trying to go for it. it like it makes sense that Superboy's voice actor would also voice Superman. But like weirdly to me, Superboy has like a deeper voice than Superman does. Yeah. And you, and you would think it would be the opposite with Superman being older, obviously. Um, and I know part of that is like, he's just supposed to sound like gruff and angry and emo or whatever. But you would think generally when you have an adult man portraying a teenager, they're pitching their voices up to uh you know to sound younger and instead superboy superboy does not sound like a teenager superboy sounds like an an adult man in his in his 40s who maybe is 
had a, a light smoking habit. <laughs> like it's very gruff and, and angry. And, and again, it's like, I think he gets to do a little bit more towards the end. There is when he's sort of being fake angry to sort of draw Amazo's attention. He gets to sort of yell and scream and be a little bit more over the top and, and, and do a little bit more, but throughout most of this episode, I was like, yeah, like I, I appreciate that he's doing different voices for Superman and Superboy. But it just struck me. It's like, I kind of feel like those voices should be reversed. Like it almost feels like Superman should, should be the, the gruffer, more seasoned, uh, deeper, uh, more reserved voice. And, and Superboy should maybe be the little, little bit higher pitched, a little bit more emotional. But, but you know, it's, it's, it is only one episode and, and we'll, we'll hopefully get to see more episodes where he plays both characters and, and we get to see, uh, see how those variations play out. But yeah, in this episode, it, it didn't quite, work for me yeah i i I don't disagree with you at all um anybody else notable as far as uh, the voice cast is concerned yeah we have surrounding out our our main young justice cast we have danica mckeller as miss martian um who does a uh who does a solid job like i said she and uh and kari payton as as aqualad don't get much to do um they, they sort of just have a little bit of expositional dialogue. Kari Payton has some, you know, when they're sort of discussing uh, uh, Professor Ivo and, and then later, uh, you know, later on in the episode uh, near the end, but he doesn't get much to do. And then uh, uh, Danica McKellar as Miss Martian gets a little bit to do because, uh, you know, she, she, they're sort of in the early stages of setting up this, this Superboy uh, Miss Martian romance and it's it's clear that she she cares for him and that she wants to get closer to him and he's kind of keeping her at arm's length but we don't really get to see much of that in this episode so uh that they're they're sort of kept on the sidelines um Jason Spizak as as Kid Flash and 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 uh teen pop idol of the early 2000s Jesse McCartney uh as Robin um <laughs> uh they get a little bit more to do like i said i do not like robin in this series his voice actor does not help <laughs> uh again it's okay if you like it i'm i'm fine tweet me at dcau review or uh, or comment on our instagram at dcau review and tell me how wrong i am i welcome it but i just it does not really work for me uh, at least in this episode and uh so yeah, the only other uh, other I guess I did forget to mention that in a small guest role we do have uh, the the another veteran voice actor in, in Kevin Michael Richardson playing uh, Martian Manhunter briefly. But uh, yeah, as far as our our main cast, it really is heavily leaned on Nolan North's Superboy and to a lesser extent his Superman. So I it's it was really hard because again I I understand he's doing what's asked of him and. I know that Nolan North is a good voice actor, but I uh, I kind of settled on a on a six out of ten for voice acting because like I think nobody nobody's doing like an awful job, but nobody's really wowing me. And like I said, that that weird thing about the Superman and Superboy voices when they're talking to each other really kind of caught me off guard, and I feel like threw me off for a lot of the episode. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I, I think it's fair. Be- and I agree with you 100% because I also gave it a six out of 10 for my score at all. Uh, <laughs> I mean, as well. So, uh, it, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, it's interesting that one or two voices can throw things off. I don't think that anybody is particularly 
bad it's not well i guess maybe you mm-hmm. think jesse mccartney's bad but it's not yeah. it's it's not i don't to me i don't think anybody in particular is bad it's just there's a lot of subpar performances and i think that that sort of throws things off for me and it just leads to feeling like a lot of these characters are disinterested or the stakes are not as high as they should be or um you know it, it's it's just a weird weird dynamic that leads the characters to almost be wooden in certain scenes so uh which is hard to say when you have so much great action as we've said with the visuals here but that's why we break these down into different categories and rate them on our thoughts on on each individual one there so i guess that's why so uh let's talk about our uh, our final scores liam i guess at this point and uh totaling everything up here i end up with a score of 27 out of 40 what about you and uh, uh, viewers or listeners will uh, will notice we had the same score in all but one category. And so I arrive at a final score of just one point lower at a 26 out of 40. All right. So these Elseworlds episodes are harder to do when we talk about rewatchability because these aren't the episodes that we typically watch on repeat and over and over and over again. So almost a recommendability, I think, for this episode. Uh, you know, do we recommend if you're dabbling in the Young Justice lore here? Uh, obviously, we picked this episode because it does deal with the Superman Superboy dynamic. We're in a month of Superman reviews, so it directly connects with that. So it does, as we've established provide some context for their relationship throughout this series uh but uh, and i assume one would assume that amazo may or may not make a return at some point Doc, dr ivo escapes at the end so we don't know what's happened to him uh there's certain elements that we alluded to also that are are sort of given uh a, a little foreshadowing here not only with superboy and superman's relationship but the mysterious arrow that's left at the scene with with amazo so where do you land on this liam having seen a little bit more of this than i have as far as as recommend <laughs> recommending watching this or or re-watching this as a, as a part of a pivotal uh you know episode in this is this series i would say yeah i think you do i think this it does provide you some building blocks for stuff that happens later in in the season and and in the in the series as far as superboy's quest to uh you know both to you know on the personal level connect with superman but also his uh, wanting to sort of gain gain more power, and uh, that that sort of becomes a theme later in in the series as well. Because um, as we as we've established, he doesn't really have the full power set yet. And uh, so yeah, I, I think there are stuff that are that are like we said, kind of building blocks here. And and this is obviously the first episode that introduces the canary. You have the tease of uh, spoiler alert: it's the introduction of Artemis coming in uh, in the next episode or two there. Uh, so I, I do think there is enough here that it, it is worth watching. And I, again, I think, whereas, and that's one of the reasons as you said that we break it down in four separate categories is because while the rest of it was maybe okay or middle of the road, not, you know, okay, good, not great. Um, the visuals of this episode are quite spectacular. And, uh, yeah, so I think, I think because, there are some sort of story building blocks for stuff later in the series. 
and uh, and some fun action. I, I give this a one thumb up, even though it, if if you listen to this review, at least with the book ended voice acting and, and story uh, chat, you might think we didn't like it that much. But I would give it at least one thumb up for rewatchability. It feels it feels like it has some uh, it's sort of an important pivoting moment for some of the characters here. Yeah, I think that's a fair argument. And uh, believe it or not, I, uh, it, I'm surprisingly, shockingly not going to disagree with you. Uh, <laughs> I think that a one thumb up recommendation for this makes sense. I think, again, I'm coming from the unique perspective of not having seen these before. I think if, if I'm trying to understand the dynamic between Superman and Superboy and how it plays out, uh, and knowing the Superboy character and sort of, he's sort of the, he's, I mean, they're all sort of the main character, but he's certainly a main focus thus far of the episodes that we've watched. Mm -hmm. So it seems like his story arc is going to be a pretty pivotal one going forward, uh, you know, and, and how he sort of fits into this Young Justice team dynamic when he's sort of a loner outsider that doesn't, you know, can't connect with anybody in the team and his desire to connect with this one person is sort of what drives uh, his frustration and, and his sort of stubbornness. So yeah, I, I think this is a pivotal point to kind of understand some of this. And it begins to sort of peel back the layer on Superman's whole role in this and why he's reluctant to uh, to uh, you know, interact with and, and sort of acknowledge Superboy, and it it humanizes Batman in a way because you have Batman sort of going. Batman is and Superman sort of have swapped roles for this. Usually, it's Superman who you know has a heart and 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 for people and is sort of appealing to Batman to sort of look at, at the humanness of what his you know the the. Uh, consequences of his decisions are and in this it's sort of the opposite batman is trying to appeal to superman's humanity and uh and so it's interesting that we have a different different role i don't know that it makes the characters likable but it's certainly <laughs> an interesting dynamic and uh one that if they continue to sort of pull on those threads throughout the uh, series are going to be uh pivotal to to understand so yeah i guess that's a long way around of saying yeah i agree with you <laughs> Well, there you go. Yeah, I think uh, we had, like we said, it wasn't uh, necessarily a, a home run in every category this week, but uh, I like I like visiting this series. And as you mentioned, Cal, it's, it's a series of all of the ones that we've reviewed more than one episode of, uh, whether it be The Batman, Brave and the Bold, this. This is the one I definitely have the least sort of personal memory or affinity for. I think I've I've watched most of it through one time, but I I, I I don't generally have a lot of nostalgia for it. So it is it is kind of fun to revisit something, especially as you mentioned, something that, you know, quite a lot of people hold very dearly. So it's it's fun kind of uh, examining that in in that light. Agreed. Well, that begins to wrap things up here, Liam. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's episode. Don't forget to follow us on your favorite social media at DCAU Review. As Liam said, we love continuing the conversation throughout the week, talking about uh, both this, Young Justice. Let's talk DCAU. Let's talk about DCAU Comics. Let's talk about DC Continuity. Let's talk about DC Movies. We got it all over there. Uh, join the conversation at DCAU Review on Twitter. Uh, you can also uh, follow us on our Instagram page, ever growing, ever popular, growing larger and larger every day. Uh, check us out at DCAU Review as well. We post some uh, exciting stuff throughout the week, some uh, unique things, including some tie-in comics and things that maybe you've never seen before, uh, plus some clips from our upcoming episodes. So 
not going to want to miss that. Uh, also, don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. If you subscribe to us and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, do us a favor. Leave us a five-star review. Give us a little blurb. Let people know what you like about listening to us. That helps us a lot. It lets other people find us a little bit more easily. So it uh, helps us spread the word out there. Don't forget if you uh, also... Uh, if you listen to your podcasts on YouTube, you have that option of checking us out uh, every week on YouTube. Saturday mornings, we uh, typically post our episodes right there on the Pod Tower. And uh, we, if you want to support us in some way and can't do financially by buying a shirt or a hat or a mug off of our store at dcaureview.com, head over to YouTube. And I'm sure you already have a YouTube account. Just subscribe to the Pod Tower. Search Pod Tower uh, in the search bar and when it comes up just hit subscribe that'll help us out and not only helps us out liam it helps out our friends over at tim talk and the watchtower database friends as well uh they uh they all have content on that uh, beautiful pod tower youtube page and we're uh, looking to continue to grow those subscribers there as well and i and i will just mention uh, it, it was a little bit of an arduous journey. Uh, the new episodes have been going up on that channel since January. Uh, took a little bit longer to get the back catalog up. Uh, that was sort of a collaborative effort between myself and uh, and James from the Watchtower database. But now, officially, as you are, you can go back every single episode of the show we've ever done. Regular episodes and bonus episodes are all available on the Pod Tower YouTube channel, and they are available in a lovely curated uh, playlist you can start with the episode trailer episode zero and go all the way through to uh to present day on there every episode now available on the pod tower hard work from both you gentlemen kudos to both of you for uh, getting that done that was no easy process but hey we're uh we're in the in the late 20th century at this point i believe with our video or our podcast up on youtube so <laughs> uh, right to us for for joining joining everybody uh, 15 years late so way to go um, all right, Liam. Well, with that being said, that will bring us to the end of this month of Superman reviews. As we said, uh, we have not many Superman the Animated Series episodes that we have not reviewed. So it may be a bit before we return to the sunny skies of Metropolis to review full Superman months, uh, if we do dare so uh, do so again. Uh, so we'll figure out sprinkling some in in maybe a collaborative months. We also uh, uh, alluded to it last week, but uh, we have something on the horizon we're working on to sort of uh, talk, continue keeping Superman episodes in the conversation, uh, which you may get a, a taste of at the, the end of, uh, of this very upcoming month. But uh, Liam, as we turn the page, we are actually changing shows as we tend to do at the beginning of each new month. And that means uh, I believe it's time we return to the future. The future, Cal. That's right, Liam. All the way to the year 2000 and something, 30 years from now, whenever 30 years from now is, whenever now is. <laughs> That's right, Liam. We're headed back to the future. That's right. Batman Beyond is on the horizon and will be here next week. We are doing a month of Batman Beyond reviews, beginning with the next episode in the rotation. As you recall, uh, all of our Batman episodes we do in sequential order. So that means we're coming up here uh, on the next Batman Beyond episode, which is... Cal, we have a legendary episode to talk about next week. And we have quite a few uh, bit heavy hitters 
in our uh, our month of Batman Beyond reviews coming up, and we are kicking it off next week with the Emmy Award winning The Egg Baby. Oh, baby! Somebody better tell the Watchtower database because <laughs> uh, one of their favorite episodes of all time, and uh, certainly an Emmy Award winning episode, will be the judge of that. I think. Well. Right. For- it, I guess well, it, I mean, factually, it did win the Emmy, but yes, I know what you mean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm in eagerly anticipating uh, Batman Beyond has done humor pretty well thus far, so we'll have to see if we appreciate it this many years later. But I, I am certainly looking forward to returning to the future with you, Liam. And uh, we'll do that next week. But until then, I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. We'll talk to you on the very next episode of the DCEU Review. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>